As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't let this summer pass you up. Power it up. In the five-hour energy, power up your summer sweepstakes. You could win one of five amazing experiences. Buy any five-hour energy product, including Cherry Extra Strength. Snap a picture of your receipt and send it in. Because it's about time you had the time of your life. Power up your summer with five-hour energy. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends July 15, 2019. Must be U.S. resident age 18 years or older to enter. For official rules, visit www.5hewin.com. Void where prohibited. Sponsored by Living Essentials, LLC. The Great Gap Sale is here. Get up to 75% off in stores and online from June 21st through July 9th. Plus, don't miss great offers on logo styles from $7.99. In stores only from June 21st through the 23rd. Exclusions apply. You are listening to Sean Harrison on Amp Life Talk Radio, a place for amputees and those dealing with limb loss. The views expressed on the show by the host, co-hosts, and guests are their own. Always seek medical advice from a licensed medical professional. Okay, everyone. Um, well... I got it sorted out. Uh, we were broadcasting over on our uh, group page. <laughs> not here. So that's not good. So whoever was over there, bring it over here. Um, and sound was not doing what we wanted it to do because we have a lot of different drivers set up on um, our computer here. Uh, some to help me when I'm doing uh, live calls, which I'm letting the cat out of the bag. That's something that I've been working on trying to get done is actually having it to where you uh, will be able to call into the show. I needed to move my camera there a little bit. So bear with me. We got it started. We're about 24 minutes off schedule. Uh, but hey, we are here. We're live. We're on and we're ready to go. And I think most of you are hearing me good. Uh, you're able to hear uh, all my stuff that I queue up from my, my my mixer, which is always important. 
But yes, I did kind of let a cat out of the bag there. I'm going to be adding another show uh, to Amp Life Talk Radio. It's one of the things I've been working really hard at doing, uh, trying to improve the show and make some things better on my limited budget. Um, but we are getting it better, and we are getting to a point to where um, I'm going to add an extra day. I don't know what day yet, but it's going to be a call-in show. All one hour of it is just you being able to call into the show and be a part of the show. So hopefully you guys will like that. Uh, hello, Christine. Um, that's what I'm working on. Uh, I will let you know uh, here shortly within like the next month. Uh, as we work out some more of these kinks, um, and you will be able to call into the show. Now, tonight is a very special show because what we have is I have done a lot of shows on a lot of different topics. Most of you know that I work in the industry. Uh, I work for Hanger Prosthetics right now, and I am a patient advocate manager for all of Northern California. So I go in and I help patients uh, with just about everything uh, who are new to amputation uh, and who have been an amputee even for a while. So I decided, uh, based on some of the information that I have been seeing uh, working in this industry for so long, and now that we have uh, certain situations with medical facilities and skilled nursing facilities, I decided one of the things that I wanted to do was to try and put together a show. Uh, as you can see, this episode is Season 3, Episode 6, what to expect series. So I'm going to be doing a series of talk. This is the first one. But this first one is probably the most important one because it's for uh, what to expect life after amputation. And what I find a lot of times is that uh, people who um, go through an amputation, um, they really just don't know what to expect. So um, I tried to do something that would help with that uh, and I'm actually going to try and have this uh, be something that can be played for new amputees as they are in the hospital or skilled nursing facilities. They can put this on and listen to this. And we're going to cover several of the issues and topics uh, tonight on this show that will help them uh, as they're on their new journey being a new amputee. So I'm going to do this show a little different because I have to cue in a little different because uh, parts of this show is going to be actually edited and just played just for them. But I wanted to make sure my audience uh, had an opportunity to hear this show tonight, too. So I want to say thanks and welcome to everyone uh, listening to the show. Uh, for those of you that don't know the show, Amp Life Talk Radio is a show for amputees by an amputee, uh, dealing with limb loss and all the you know issues and topics that come up uh, with uh, amputees in this uh, new life that we we live. Um, I welcome you all. I want you to know more than anything that you're not by yourself. Uh, there is uh, and there are people out there who will help you. This show is one of them. And I hope that every show you get something from uh, what we do here. So tonight I'm going to cue back in and we're going to start the show. But I wanted to get that brief explanation and give you some other information about what's going on. And <laughs> the little delay we had there with trying to get everything sorted uh, to start the show. So let me uh, get myself situated here and we're going to start the show 
uh, with this new topic that we're going to be talking about. And remember, this is not only just for you. This is for people that will be listening to this, hopefully for the first time as a new amputee in whatever medical facility that they're going to be in. So I'm going to, I am going to do this a little bit different tonight. So please, please do bear with me uh, as we get these uh, things sorted and get the show started. My name is Sean Harrison. I am a host of a podcast for amputees called Amp Life Talk Radio. I'm an amputee myself and the host of this uh, talk show and podcast, a show by an amputee for amputees. So if you're hearing my voice or seeing this video, that means you're about to face one of the toughest decisions you have ever faced or you have already had an amputation. What you're about to hear is a series of topics for new amputees and their families. I am a certified amputee peer visitor through Amputee Coalition of America, and I'm an amputee peer coach. Um, my job uh, with Hanger Prosthetics, I'm a patient advocate manager for the Northern California area. I decided to make this guide for new amputees as part of the uh, AMP Power program peer support that we have here at Hanger uh, for some of the uh, hospitals and skilled nursing facilities that we work with. I am a part of, like I said, peer support from many aspects, ACA, Amputee Coalition of America, and AMP Power. Hopefully, the staff of your facility or hospital uh, will put this on for you to listen to as part of your recovery or part of your preparation uh, to become an amputee. At some point uh, in time, me and you will probably meet face to face. During your recovery and this new journey, you will, uh, you will meet myself and other amputees and other staff members. Um, but for now, I want you to sit back and take some mental notes and write down notes if you have to, as I have some information for you that I hope you will find very, very useful. No one ever wants to hear amputation as part of their care and treatment from their doctor. But it does happen, unfortunately, quite often. Diabetes and other diseases uh, related to um, illnesses that cause uh, most amputations, plus we have trauma accidents. After the amputation, as a new amputee, it is normal to experience uh, 
a variety of emotions following your surgery. You may feel sad, even depressed. If you have suffered intense pain for a very long time before your surgery, you may feel some relief um, for the loss of the limb. All of these emotions are normal. That's the biggest thing I want you to know and understand. Regardless of the nature of your limb loss, feelings of depression will soon be replaced by the will to once again resume an active lifestyle. Depression is not the same for everybody. That's the first thing I would like for most of you to understand. We all will go through that. <clears throat> Some people describe depression as a feeling of emptiness and despair. Others experience overwhelming sense of helplessness, hopelessness, or even anger. Some people don't act out emotionally, but may feel apathetic or even restless. If you are struggling with loss of your limb, you may benefit from counseling to help you work through some of these five stages of grief that you may experience. Most people probably don't even know that they will go through the five stages of grief. What are those five stages of grief? The five stages of grief are related to someone who is mourning a death of a loved one. Going through an amputation puts the amputee into this phase in their life where you're actually mourning the loss of your limb as if it was the death of a loved one. Most people don't even know that they will experience something like this. Reading through these stages may help you understand where you are in, it, in the acceptance of your loss. Would it be denial, isolation, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance? Most of us don't even know where we will find ourselves. Keep in mind, there is no order to how your feelings and emotions will go. You can be at any one of these at any given time. If you are having trouble working through the acceptance of losing a limb, you would definitely like help from a social worker or counselor or psychologist. Please ask your physician, case management, social services, your therapist, to refer someone who can help you. How well you do during the limb loss process will determine how well your rehabilitation process goes as well. All amputees go through ups and downs with their emotions. There is no time limit for emotional recovery from an amputation. Let's talk about perception of amputation. I think that affects a lot of new amputees and those who are about to be amputated. So if you're listening to my voice, whether you have just had your amputation 
or whether you're about to go through an amputation, you have some preconceived notions about what it's all about. Well, this show is about trying to help you understand that better. Amputation is still often viewed as a failure of treatment to some in the medical field. And especially to the patient. Why couldn't you save my leg? Why do I have to lose a limb? This perception needs to change. Whatever the reason for the amputation and why it was performed, it is a treatment procedure, no matter how you slice that bread. It is a treatment procedure, sometimes to save your life, sometimes to make your life better. Most are performed as a life-saving procedure or to better the outcome for the patient, someone who's living with pain in a limb. For some, it isn't an easy decision, while for others, it is devastating and life-changing. Some make the choice very easily. We're all different when it comes to this perception of amputation and how we deal with it and how we view amputation. <clears throat> this show tonight is a special show, as I mentioned before, as I'm doing it for those who, of you who are new to amputation, even before you even get the process. This is me reaching out to you as a peer visitor you're looking at this video, you're hearing my voice on iTunes or Spotify. This show, the purpose of this series of topics is to provide a guide for those new amputees, new to amputation, helping all new amputees and their families understand the normal characteristics and steps for adjusting to their new life and journey. We have seven topics we're going to touch on tonight. The first one, pre-op, reason for the amputation. Second, post-op, recovery and healing. Third, PT, physical therapy. Fourth, healing expectations. Fifth, complications. Sixth, time frames. Seventh, shrinkers. So, here we are, you're on this new journey, you're about to become an amputee or you are a brand new amputee. You're hearing my voice, I'm an amputee. I want you to know something so important. On the last one that I just gave you. Once you reach the shrinker phase, you're well on your way to beginning the fitting process, learning more about this and other topics are available at Amp Life Talk Radio. But the shrinker phase is where we want to be. So let's get into this and talk about these from one to seven. Pre-op, before the amputation even happens. This is probably one of the most important phases that you will go through as a 
patient advocate manager and amputee peer visitor and coach. I am often presented with <clears throat> the question from scared patients. The doctor says I need an amputation. How will I walk again? How does this whole thing work? What's next for me in my life? Typical scenario in pre-op before an amputation. The surgeons that work well with me, I come in and I help the patient during this phase. I would like to see more surgeons and more hospitals bring in an amputee certified who is trained to be able to do this because it definitely makes a difference in the patient's outcome um, on the back end if you have someone there from the very beginning to be able to help and start coaching and mentoring this patient to help ease some of their fears and their nerves about this process. And it's not a one-stop visit and move on. This is a lifetime commitment with this patient, um, helping them understand these things. So pre-op and before the amputation, there are some things we need to, to look at and cover. Well, first, the reason for the amputation. Why are you here in this situation? There are many reasons and sometimes complicated factors why a person must have an amputation. Sometimes it's a choice of the individual. Other times the decision is made quickly in the hospital uh, or ER without being able to consult with the patient. You may not have a say in those situations. You wake up to limb loss. If you have a lower extremity amputation, the chances are you had this do. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You had this done due to some type of health or disease related issue. There's also trauma. The most common causes of lower uh, limb amputations are due to uh, progressive type diseases. That's something 
uh, most of you know about. Diabetes is the number one. Vascular issues, uh, ulcers, um, infections, gangrene. These things happen. The most common type being vascular diseases, diabetes, and peripheral artery type of amputations. Then comes trauma and cancer. While smoking is not a disease, the effects of it are peripheral vascular disease. If you smoke, you basically are taking chances with having some type of vascular situation happen that could cost you your limb. I don't advise it. I definitely try to tell every patient, stop smoking. Uh, It's something that you are definitely taking a gamble with. The type of amputation should be discussed between your doctor, yourself, your family, and hopefully someone like me in the room with you to clear up some of the confusion and misconceptions uh, that you might have. <clears throat> Doctors will only go so far in their explanation and information about an amputation. There is nothing like having another amputee in the room. Now, lower limb amputations. I guess the thing we need to look at is there's all different types of lower limb amputations. Lower limb amputations come in a variety of, um, how can I say, um, amputations. You have toes, ankles, uh, hips, below the knee, above the knee, um, all different types of amputations that you could face um, from trauma or a disease. There are some that are better than others. We say why. You probably want to know why you're new to this. You're sitting here hearing my voice. It all boils down to joints, mostly. You are below the knee, you lost one joint. You lost your foot and your ankle. That's a a joint. You go above the knee, you lose two joints. That means you've lost your ankle and your knee. If, unfortunately, you are a hip disarticulation, uh, those are really really hard amputations. I've seen a lot of advances in technology to where people with those are able to use prosthetics. We get down to partial foot, toe, uh, fingers, hands, (coughs) below the elbow, above the elbow. There are a variety of amputations. Uh, Some will only involve shoe inserts if you get into toes and partial feet amputations. Um, I don't really think a lot of people get into ankle amputations. Um, One reason being there's not a lot of prosthetics that can help you in those situations. So having someone in the room to help explain some of these things, there's also uh, at the knee amputations. These are all things that having someone who is certified as an amputee peer visitor, uh, patient advocate, uh, an amputee themselves can really help you understand what you're about to embark on and even help you conversate better with the surgeon 
I'm very fortunate that I work in a prosthetic field and I do the amputee peer counseling that I do to help patients uh, make better decisions, work with surgeons to make better decisions for uh, patients and their outcomes. Very, very lucky. And as I mentioned, if you are uh, one of these new amputees that is basically going to at some point in time meet me, I look forward to that moment where we can actually sit and talk face-to-face about some of the things that you're hearing on the show. Number two, we now have entered into the post-op and recovery and healing. As a new amputee, you're going to go into this phase. You come out of surgery, you are now into the post-op phase of your uh, stay at the hospital. What does that mean? What is post-op? What is recovery? What is healing? Post-operative care after the limb amputation surgery is uh, over and done is very, very important and very vital for you as a new amputee. Why is this so important and why is it vital and why does it require your participation? I'll tell you why. If you want to become a successful ambulator, a meaning a person who's going to walk again and get back out there and return to living, these phases right here are very important. Remember, you are not alone. You're not the only amputee or person to lose a limb. And you will get through this stage of your life. That is the most important thing I want you to understand early on hearing my voice right now. There are many people in this room, my Facebook chat room right now, who I have worked with who are now up, living, walking, uh, people that I have not even worked with. I see many of them daily on Facebook doing things, playing basketball, shoveling snow, walking their dogs. Uh, You will return to life. Following an amputation, patients can sometimes experience difficulty in uh, healing their wounds, especially if you're a diabetic patient. Sometimes that can be a long process. As most of you who are hearing my voice and watching me on Facebook, you know this. So part of the post-op recovery and healing phase, which I have titled in my notes here, wound management. You must understand how important this is. After the amputation, there will be a post-operative dressing on your amputated limb. Now, if you're on an upper extremity, that might be a little bit different depending on if you were amputated at the shoulder. You don't have an arm at all. Dressings are all going to be different. But for the most part, you're going to be in some type of dressing on your residual limb. Hopefully, if you are in one of the places that I work with, you're going to have on some type of shield that we provide as a company or some type of protector to protect that limb. Um, As you will come to see, very, very important to protect your limb immediately after amputation. Now, the purpose of the dressing is to help control swelling, protect your incision line, and promote healing. 
you may also have a drainage tube. So don't be freaked out if you see something like that uh, in, in place. And what this is doing is helping to remove fluids and help with healing. <clears throat> There's also things called a wound vac. Okay. I don't know if you'll have one of those placed on immediately after surgery, but at some point in time during your care, don't be surprised if that comes into play. Your healthcare team will take care of these dressings for you if you're in a hospital or skilled nursing facility. They're going to be there to help you with bandage changes. Now, I do have to say, if you are in some place and your bandages have not been changed, do not be afraid to ask that question. That's very important. Uh, things do get overlooked, and I want to make sure that you understand you are a big member of your care, okay? Your role in wound management includes the following. Staying on top of things, okay? That's the biggest thing. Be your biggest uh, uh how can we say, supporter, your biggest advocate. Notify your nurse if your dressings become soiled or you notice uh, any leakage or draining. Speak up. See something, say something. Wash your hands well with soap and water uh, and hand sanitizer. <coughs> I apologize for my cough. Um, you should not be touching your your incision line or your wound immediately after surgery. I want to get that one out there right off the bat. You shouldn't be doing that because that's a huge no-no. Make sure everyone who comes into contact with you um, or your wound wears gloves. There's nothing like having people come in because you know everyone is going to want to see, talk, touch, or take a look. Make them glove up. Plenty of latex gloves are available in every facility that you're in. Do not have people touching you or your wound or your incision line with bare hands. That is the quickest way to get some type of infection. Don't do it. Notify the nursing staff if dressings become loose or dislodged. We don't want that, okay? Um, probably one of the biggest things that you can do is... And I know a lot of you probably hate this, <laughs> but I must say it. If you're sitting there and you're looking at me right now and you're in the hospital, they're bringing you uh, food that is uh, nutritionally good for you to help you recover. I know everybody talks about hospital food. Well, there's a reason hospital food tastes the way hospital food tastes. It's good for you. It's not in and out. It's not, you know, some cheeseburger and pizza. It's there for a reason, to give you the nutrients that your body needs to help start the healing process. So grub up, eat that food. Tissue cannot heal without good nutrition. Remember that. So as you're sitting there and they're bringing you your food in your room, you're like, I don't like this, I don't want this. And you're having people bring you in that slop and that junk from outside. Remember, Tissue cannot heal without good nutrition. And Jack in a Box and Taco Bell is not that. Tell your health care team if you experience pain during the care of your wound. 
These are all very important things for you to remember in your post-operative care, which involves healing. Now, let's move on to this, probably one of the biggest ones that you're probably going to be going through and experiencing in the post-op situation, pain management. You are going to feel pain, my friend. There is no other way to sugarcoat this or to make this uh, a nice topic. Pain is going to be a part of your life for some time while you heal and recover from your amputation, especially during post-operative phase of your healing. Understand, it is normal to feel some pain following an amputation. Um, I have attended several amputations, and there's a lot of work that they're doing to you at that point. And based on what I see, a lot of pulling and jerking and re, uh, removing things, relocating things, uh, you're going to be in some pain. And that's called amputation pain, surgery pain, post-op surgery pain. You will feel it. There's going to be something else you're going to feel. We're going to talk about that a little bit further down the road. But immediately, you're going to feel pain because you just had a major surgery done. Now, this is the result of the surgical trauma to the bone, which they cut your bone, nerves, the soft tissue. All these things have been affected by the amputation. As with any major surgery, post-operative pain can be expected uh, to be resolved in the first few weeks. Sometimes it might go a little bit longer, depending on some of you, because we all have different pain tolerances. The pain is often described as sharp, isolated, or localized um, to your surgery site. It resolves as the uh, edema decreases and your swelling goes down and the wound starts to heal. Uh, In the immediate post-operative period, the primary method of pain control is they're going to have you on some type of medication. Meds will be your friend for a little bit. Um, one of the things I always say to patients, and if I come in and talk to a patient, and if it's right after his surgery, and if I come in and he's a little loopy, um, I don't really talk to patients during that time because most patients don't even remember I was in the room. So try not to make major decisions immediately after your your surgery because you may not remember a lot of what you're talking about. It is not unusual uh, following an amputation to experience sensations in the limb that is gone, meaning you may feel your feet, you may feel your toes, you may feel your fingers, you may feel that limb that was just amputated, you may feel it doing things. Um... Sometimes that is hard for a new amputee to explain to people in the room to sit there and say, my foot is itching. That is no longer there. Um, People may look at you a little strange because people who are not amputees and have not been through it, they just don't know. Managing pain is important. Very, very important. If you are in pain, you will be less willing to do things you need to do to maximize your recovery. 
So speak up. Let people know what's going on. Uh, because one of the things that's going to happen during this post-operative phase is rehabilitation. Right after your amputation, you're going to have people coming into your room trying to get you to do things. And I know it sounds crazy, but that is part of the rehabilitation process. Many of you listening to my voice who are amputees know that this is true. There are several rehabilitation goals in the first phase of your recovery, and they include regaining functional mobility. That's very important. They're going to try and get you to sit up and do some different things. Stretching, strengthening, and conditioning. Residual limb management. They're going to be trying to get you to do some things, and you're going to be trying to figure out, why are these people in here bugging me? I just had my leg amputated, or I just had my arm amputated. It's their job, and that job is to get you back up and get you into life, to get you back to living. So work with them. Probably one of the biggest and most important things during this time in your post-operative healing and recovery and uh, rehabilitation phase is a good attitude. Don't take out your anger and frustration on the people who are there trying to help you. That is the biggest piece of advice I can give you as a new amputee. The people that are there are trying to help you and they are trying to make your life better. Venting and taking your anger and grief and all the things that are going on with you emotionally out on them, that's not going to help your cause. If you have some of this going on, ask for help. Hopefully, if you are hearing my voice and you're in one of my facilities, the areas that I work in and the people that I work with, they're more than likely going to call me. So we will sit down and talk and have a chat and hopefully help you work through some of the emotions that you're feeling. So generally speaking, the period from post-hospital through the prosthetic fitting is very similar for all amputees. We all go through the same thing. I have been doing this for a long time and that process is pretty much the same no matter who I'm working with. The timing of each step will vary depending on uh, the health of the person and their healing status. Each amputee and each amputation is different and presents its own issues and complications. The post-operative phase is also considered the rehabilitation phase. So please understand that if you're sitting there and you're hearing my voice, you just got out of having your limb amputated. Remember, the post-operative phase is also considered the rehabilitation phase. Your rehabilitation begins immediately after the surgery and you're in the hospital and is a very uh, important phase for you and your family. There are a lot of people involved in this phase. I know every time I go into a hospital, Uh, new amputees are telling me there are so many people coming in and out they can't keep track. This is why. There are so many people coming in out of your room during this phase to help you achieve your highest level of independence. They're working with you to do things. 
It is important to work hard at exercises recommended to you by your healthcare team. They'll try to get you to do simple things. Sit up in bed, drink your water, uh, <clears throat> sit on the edge of the bed. Um, those are probably some of the most basic things that they'll do with you. Doing so will maximize your independence and well. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well-being, as well as uh, it is your goal to use a prosthetic device. That's what we're here for. That's why I'm here. That's why you're hearing my voice. That's why your staff is working with you. We are here to try and help you get the strength, flexibility, endurance, and overall conditioning that is going to be so important for you to get where you need to be at. Now, functional mobility. What does that mean immediately after an amputation? Well, what that means is this. <clears throat> your healthcare team will be helping you to learn to move independently in your bed, uh, to get out of bed, get in bed, sit on the toilet, get in your wheelchair, do a variety of things. What are we trying to do? We're trying to stretch and strengthen and condition your body. So important. If your goal is to use a prosthetic device, it is so vital <clears throat> and important to have adequate, adequate range of motion. You will hear people talk to you about keeping your limbs straight, preventing contracture. What does that mean? That means if you're below the knee, we don't want to see your leg hanging off your wheelchair or hanging over the edge of your bed. That can be very bad for you. As your muscles have been cut, things can tend to tighten up very quickly and prevent your range of motion and your leg to be straight and bent back. These are all important movements if you want to be in a prosthetic device. All so crucial, all so important. So work with your team to help them help you. Whether you go on to use a prosthetic or not, having good strength, flexibility, 
All these things are going to make your life easier when you get back to doing your daily activities. It will maximize your independence, whether you're in a walker or on crutches. Follow the exercise uh, program that they're giving you. Uh, they may give you stuff that uh, helps you uh, deal with positioning. Listen to those instructions. Um, there will be documentation provided to you about laying on your stomach, laying on your side, lifting a residual limb. All these things are important for what, as we said before, strengthening, conditioning, and flexibility. Your residual limb management is going to be so important. What are we trying to do with that residual limb? Well, we're trying to control swelling. Swelling is a big issue when you go through an amputation and you are now in the post-operative phase. Swelling, we're trying to get that down. The more you move, the more you work with us, the better that's going to happen. Um, it is normal to have swelling in the residual limb. Some people are really big. Some people are not as big. But the residual limb shortly after your amputation in those early days can be pretty swollen. In order to proceed uh, to use a prosthesis, we've got to get that swelling down. And we need to start shaping your residual limb. There are several ways they're going to do that. One is you're probably going to see that yourself, uh, you're going to be placed in some type of ACE bandage. Uh, they'll come in, they'll wrap it on top of your dressing, meaning the stuff that is actually treating and helping the, the uh, incision line because you have an open uh, incision line. They'll wrap the ACE bandage around that. So that should not be too tight, but tight enough. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to get uh, the residual limb to reduce some of the swelling and trying to get that to go down. One thing that you can do is keep it elevated above your hip. So if you can keep that elevated above your hip, <clears throat> that will really help in reducing the size of your residual limb. Again, my apologies for the coughing, but I'm getting over just a little uh, head thing. So you will hear me cough a little bit if I don't catch it and can't edit it out. So I do apologize for that. Um, now, stump socks and shrinkers. When will that be applied? Because you're probably going to hear those terms now that you're in the hospital. A stump sock and a shrinker. They are two different things, just so that you know. A stump sock is probably a cotton sock that they're going to put on you, uh, mostly for padding. It will start to shape a little bit, but not as much as a shrinker will do. A shrinker is for compression. It will compress your limb and squeeze it. So a lot of times there's two different theories of thought. One, people apply shrinkers as soon as possible. <laughs> Two, uh, applying a shrinker once the incision line is healed, all staples, staples and sutures are removed. I tend to lean towards the latter. I like putting on shrinkers once you are healed because the biggest fear that we have is that that incision line will be affected and open up somehow if too much pressure is applied. So when do you apply a stump sock versus when do you apply a shrinker? Like I said, there's two different theories of thoughts. <clears throat> some doctors like doing it as soon as possible. Some don't. So it's really kind of up to your medical staff. 
as we get to number three, we're now moving into PT. But I also put in here OT, occupational therapy and physical therapy. Why are these so important for you as a new amputee? And why will you experience some of this while you're in the hospital immediately after your amputation? Well, as we said, your rehabilitation starts immediately after your amputation. During your rehabilitation process, work with your medical team. As I have said, work with them. They're there to help you. The biggest thing you need to remember during your PT and OT is setting realistic goals for yourself. Work with them and they will help you realize realistic goals. The worst thing we want to do is set ourselves up for failure, trying to do too much too soon. Be realistic about the goals that you want to set. Everyone wants to walk. <clears throat> of course, that is the number one thing that everybody wants to do immediately after an amputation. But understanding the physical challenges and your medical limitations will help you recognize these steps or the steps and the processes required to get back to walking. The PT or your physical therapist works with you to promote your ability to move. Movement is key. Movement will help reduce pain. They want your ability to move, reduce pain, and to start to restore some function with exercises. That is why so many of them come into your room <laughs> and get you to get up and start doing things. Sorry about laughing, but I know your face right now. If you're listening to this and you're in a hospital or a skilled nursing facility, you're probably looking at me and going, man, how does this guy all know all this stuff? Well, because it was done to me. Uh, when I was at UCFF and I had my amputation, I think like the very next day the lady was in and she was trying to get me up out of bed and get me to walk on crutches. And I was giving her a look like, lady, have you been smoking crack? Uh, I was like, you are crazy, lady. Uh, but that's what they do. That's their job. And there's a reason why they do that. And it's actually to benefit and to help you. That's why I'm so glad that I can come here and say this to you and help you with this. Um, it is very necessary. So don't look at them like they've been taking drugs. They have a, <laughs> they have a purpose for being in there and it will all work itself out in the end. Um, a PT, a physical therapist, you'll hear that a lot, PT or OT, <clears throat> will um, help you with uh, getting yourself ready. They will also work with you uh, once you get your, your, your prosthesis. So you'll see a lot of PTs and OTs. Um, you're going to be dealing with them a lot until you're actually up and moving. They're going to help you all the time. Now, a good PT will assist you with transfers uh, from your bed to your chair, uh, bathing to the tub, toilet, all of those different things. Uh, why do they do this? Well, there's a reason.
for when you get home. So you're not going to have a PT sitting there helping you get on and off the toilet and in the bathroom and uh, do all those different things when you get home. You're probably going to be by yourself or have some type of family member. So they're helping you to do this stuff so that when you get home, you have some type of training to know how to do these things. You've also had plenty of practice with your uh, PT and OT learning how to do these things. Now, typically, your physician will determine if it's safe uh, for you to use a walker or crutches. A lot of times, they're getting that information from your PT and OT, okay? The doctor just pulls the trigger and signs the orders and makes everything okay. Why? Because he's a doctor. But don't be concerned if uh, the doctor or whoever does not <clears throat> give you that green light and you're stuck in a wheelchair. And the reason why they're doing that is because safety is paramount in these situations. If we feel that it's not safe for you to be up on crutches or a walker because of hopping, trip hazards, fall hazards, those types of things, then it may be recommended that you stay in your wheelchair until you get your prosthetic leg. It's nothing against you personally. It's a safety issue, and safety is most important. Falling, <clears throat> my friend, is a major concern, and if you do it, you will, man, oh man, you will, uh, you'll understand why your staff was trying to tell you stay in a wheelchair. Falling is one of the biggest fears for an amputee because you can potentially uh, injure your residual limb and end up back in the hospital, which is not cool, not cool at all. That also can delay your uh, healing and delay the time that it takes you to get into your prosthetic device. Now, just a bit on OTs because they are really uh, an important part of your uh, rehab and your recovery. The occupational therapist will help you regain skills for activities for your daily living, things that you do, such as bathing, dressing, uh, depending on if you're a lower extremity, upper extremity, they come in very handy. They will provide recommendations for assistive, assistive devices for your home. They will sit down and talk with you. Do you have stairs? Are you one level, two levels? Uh, also provide guidance and education for family members and caregivers who are going to be taking care of you. So OTs are very important in the mix of things as well. You will probably see both or have both wherever you are at. Now let's get to why it's important to understand the type of care that you're going to be getting. As you are in a hospital, you are considered inpatient. Inpatient therapy is a lot different than outpatient therapy. So inpatient therapy, you're still in the hospital and just had an amputation. This is called inpatient PT or OT or rehab. The goals are to improve your mobility, prevent contracture, dial in your pain management, control edema, and promote healing. Contractures are not your friend. Contractures are a concern because they prevent your joints 
uh, from normal functions and will affect you when it comes time to get your prosthetic. Not to mention, they are painful, okay, to try and get out to straighten your leg. Very, very painful. You don't want them. Trust me, my friend. I've seen people work on them to try and help patients uh, get these out of their legs. They hurt. They hurt really, really about <laughs> about this process of keeping your legs straight. <clears throat> now, the greatest concern after amputation uh, due to um, structural changes in the bony tissue, muscles, ligaments, and tendons are these contractures. We don't want to get them. So part of your inpatient care with your PTs and OTs is going to be able to help you prevent those. Number four, we're almost there. Healing expectations. This one is probably one that you are sitting there and have probably already asked your doctor, your nurse, or someone, how long is this going to take my healing? Well, it's different for everyone. That's the first thing I want you to understand. The amputation will be in a post-operative uh, dressing, <clears throat> as we mentioned before, uh, for the below knee amputees, above the knee amputees. If you're an upper extremity, it may differ. Hopefully, you are in some type of amputee um, or immobilizer, knee immobilizer or protector to keep the knee straight. If a lower limb uh, amputee, uh, you're, you're there and you're with a lower limb uh, amputation, it should be elevated. I mentioned this before, elevated to assist decreasing the swelling not to the point to where you got to try and put your leg over your head. Like I said, at your hip, if your leg, your residual limb is just like an inch above your hip, that's going to help you a lot. Now, if you're using pillows, the biggest thing I want you to understand is this. Don't put the pillow under your knee because your knee will bend. Put the pillow at the very tip or distal end of your residual limb to where your knee will remain straight and flat instead of bending. So instead of your knee doing, where's my camera, this, you want your knee to be straight. So the only way to get that is to put it at the very distal end. So, so important, okay, to do this. Uh, it definitely helps with healing. When you are discharged, um, this can play a major role in your healing, okay? Um, keeping your leg straight, being in an shield, being in some type of knee immobilizer or protector. As you heal and recover in the hospital, discharge planners will start to work on things. You're thinking, when does that happen? Sometimes very, very soon, within a couple of weeks probably, they're going to be looking at discharging you. Where will you go after the hospital? That's the big question. That depends on a, a number of factors, okay? Some of those uh, key factors are probably first, 
there is an evaluation of your home <clears throat> and seeing what type of setup you have, what type of support system you have in place. Do you have stairs? Will your bathroom uh, allow for in a wheelchair? If you're wheelchair bound, the doctor does not put you on crutches or a walker. All these things are going to play into that. Is your home a single story, multi-level uh, type of home? Is it easy to get in and out of with some of the things that they're going to discharge you with? Walkers, crutches, wheelchair. Second, do you have a good support support system in place at home? Family, caregivers, brother, girlfriend, wife, are they at home? Will they be at home or are you left at home all alone? Depending on the answer to these will determine uh, if you are required to stay at a skilled nursing facility or you're able to go home. All important information that either social workers or case management will come in and cover with you before you leave the hospital. Let's talk about phantom limb sensation and phantom pain. You will experience these as a new amputee. What are they and what do they mean? Well, you're probably feeling a lot of things going on in your limbs, such as you still have your leg or your foot, your hand, your arm. Phantom limb sensation is the perception that an amputated or missing limb is still there. It is normal and very common for amputees to feel their missing limb move, twitch, itch, toes wiggle, all those different types of things, your fingers to move. Be cautious at nighttime because of this sensation. Nighttime is a very dangerous time for new amputees, especially lower limb amputees. Why? Phantom limb sensation. You feel the sensation of your foot or your leg still there. You wake up in the nighttime. You want to go to the bathroom. You're droggy. You've had medication. You feel your foot still there. The first thing you're going to do is get up out of bed and try and take a step with a limb that is no longer. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There. That leads to a fall that could be detrimental to your healing and health. Take a moment to sit on the edge of the bed. Gather your senses before you proceed. Phantom limb sensation can be um, a hazard, we'll say, because it does give you the perception that a limb is there when it's not. That's phantom limb sensation. Now, phantom limb pain. It is exactly what it sounds like. In your residual limb, you will experience pain. This is uh, typically immediately after the surgery or sometime further down the road. You may experience one of the following. Burning, shooting pain, pins and needles, twisting, crushing, or an electric shock. If you feel this in your residual limb where there is no limb, these are typically what we consider phantom limb pain. There are medications for this, so speak with your doctor or your medical staff. Unfortunately, I want to let you know there is <clears throat> no cure for phantom limb pain. We as amputees will always experience that. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some days are better than others, and sometimes it just comes and goes and does what it's going to do, and other times it just comes out of nowhere. <clears throat> you will figure out what works for you, where there's ice, heat, massage, you will figure out what works for you. We're all different when it comes to phantom limb pain. Number five, complications. There will be complications. Ideally, the wound should fully heal in about four to eight weeks. Ideally. But the physical and emotional adjustments to losing a limb can be a long process. Things to look for, no matter uh, how well you take care of your amputation, there are times when your wound will still get infected. I wanted to say that because if it happens, don't get discouraged. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. It happens. There are complications. That's why I brought it up. I want you to know that there are complications that can happen, typically with the healing process. Some complications are you fall. Uh, as I've mentioned that before, which is we don't want to do. Contracture can happen. There are a number of things that can happen in this realm of complications. But most common is an infection. So, things to look out for. Color. A wound that has a red or red streaks or is darker than the skin surrounding it may be infected and should be checked. See something? Say something. Smell. If you're smelling something coming from that area, uh, that could be bad. A foul odor coming from your limb, 
<clears throat> typically not a good thing. See something, smell something, say something. Temperature. I always tell patients if it's red, touch it. If it's hot to touch, you might have an infection. You see something, say something. Appearance. Again, you see something, say something. You see drainage. You see uh, blood. You see anything that's going on with your incision line or the amputated site that wasn't there before or, the, or that doesn't look normal. See something, say something. These things will help keep you uh, ahead of the complications that may arise. The sooner you get help, the quicker uh, you can get whatever it is that the doctor is going to get you on. Typically, antibiotics will help you uh, recover from the complication and keep moving forward. That is our goal, to get a leg and to keep moving forward. You see something, say something. This can even happen once you have a shrinker on. If there's a scab there and it pops off, you got to check your stuff every day. Okay? See something, say something. Now, probably one of the most important ones that you uh, are going to be asking medical professionals. What's the time frame? Time frames are probably one of the number one thing uh, or things that new amputees will ask medical professionals. For those of you that can't see me, I'm sipping from my cup because I got stuff from my throat. Uh, so you're hearing all these things, but I'm in my studio and I'm trying to do this show for you sitting in your hospital bed. So it's like we're sitting together and having a conversation in real time. I'm a real person. Uh, you know, hey, I cough, I sip drinks. So hopefully you're getting something from this and you are starting to feel a little better if you are sitting there and you're a new amputee on this new journey. Hopefully I have crossed some of the territory that has been a big question mark for you. <clears throat> As we finish off, we're on number six. We only have number seven to go, and then I'll give you my conclusion. Number six, time frames. Again, this is one of the most um, asked questions I get from new amputees. How long does it take? And that means how long does it take to heal? How long does it take before I get my prosthetic device? How long? How long? Well, my friends, it depends on many factors and variables. Listening to the medical professionals is the best thing I can say. There are stages you must complete before you are in a prosthetic device and stages to complete before you are up and walking normal. So when we talk about time frames, there, that's a bigger question um, and I could go on and talk about that, but just remember, listen to the people that are trying to help you. Time frames are gonna depend on a lot of variables. How well you heal, if you fall and have a setback, all these different things will determine that. If you were in a trauma, what other type of injuries did you sustain? All these things will determine your time frame. So for me to sit here and to give you an unrealistic time frame is not fair because each and every one of you that are hearing my voice, you're all different. Whether you're a gunshot victim 
a car accident, um, work accident, uh, you know, you had an ulcer with gangrene that took your foot, we're all going to be different as far as these time frames go. One of the things that you can count on is this. Keeping your doctor's appointments are probably the most important thing that will help you under time frames. So if you have an appointment, keep it. Because when you don't keep your appointments, things can go wrong and your time frames can get thrown off. Keep your appointments with your doctors. Work with the people who are working with you. All these things will help better your time frames. Okay? Last but not least, number seven, we talk about shrinkers. And as I said at the beginning of the show, my friends, if you are at this stage where they are about to put a shrinker on you or this topic is coming up, things are looking good for you. You are healing. Things are getting better. So stump shrinkers are typically used to reduce or control swelling, edema, in your residual limb as a new amputee. Stump shrinkers are designed to fit snugly. They are tight. They apply pressure to the soft tissue of the stump to help us get rid of some of that swelling and remove what you will learn uh, a new term, dog ears. You will have those from the folds of your skin in your incision line. We want to smooth that out and make that look nice and round. Shrinkers are a big part of that. Ace bandage wrapping is a big part of that. Again, there are two thoughts to applying shrinkers. One, as soon as possible, when you still have staples and sutures in. Two, when all those things are removed, the incision line is healed, we place a shrinker on. Again, I prefer to go with the latter when you're healed and ready. So that's why I say if you're getting a shrinker, things are looking probably pretty good for you and you're ready to move along to the next phase, which is getting fitted for your prosthesis. The good news is that you are close to being casted if you are at this phase of getting a shrinker. You are probably going to be meeting with your practitioner who's going to be making your prosthetic limb in a relatively quick time frame. Three to seven days of wearing a shrinker can do magic on your residual limb, shaping it and reducing the size so that your residual limb will fit better into your uh, prosthetic device, typically called your socket. Now, for all that kind of stuff, go to Amp Life Talk Radio, listen to more of the shows, and you'll learn even more about being a new amputee and this wonderful journey that you're about to be on. Well, hopefully I was not too boring and I didn't bore you to death with that talk. <clears throat> As we move into the conclusion of, the sh of this show and this episode for you, the new amputee, I want to say our mindset to get going again needs to be determined but realistic. Remember, our mindset, our motivation, our attitude determines a lot. But I want you to remember, keep it realistic. Don't set your goals too high. Don't be unrealistic with the terms of getting back to living. The things you want to do, take them in small bites. Do not take it all at once. It's easier to digest this new journey of being an amputee and amputation in small increments. Focusing on what 
uh, we will still have what you still have rather than what is lost is going to be so important for you to focus on. It's hard to do. You're laying in bed. You're thinking about your lost limb. I want you to think about what you still have, what to look forward to. It's going to help you focus on where you need to be at and where you're going. Yes, we lost a limb. We are an amputee, but we are alive and we will move past this episode. We will get past the lost limb. Prosthetics are amazing. I myself, I run Spartan races. I am an amputee. There are a lot of people out there doing amazing things, snowboarding, mountain climbing, uh, running races, riding bicycles, uh, BMXing. Amputees are amazing people. Keep a positive attitude, my friends. Don't let it get you down. Utilize the people around you. Many things will be different for you. Take more time to do what you need to do. Remember that everything's going to take a little bit more time and you need to plan ahead. You know, you're doing something, plan ahead, take the time. Okay. In time, you will figure out how to get things done. We all do. I always say you had habits before you became an amputee. Now that you're an amputee, you're just going to develop some new habits. You're going to learn some new things on how to do things. Trust me, you will be there. We've all been there. There's so many of us out there that will sit and say, amen, brother. So you sitting in that room right now listening to my voice, one day we'll meet face to face and I will help you on this journey. Getting moving again will take a significant amount of effort, especially if you uh, have lost uh, your leg, your foot, you're below the knee, you're above the knee. All of those require different types of uh, energy expenditures. Uh, if you're an upper extremity, all going to be different, but you can do it. It will take effort. It will take uh um, time. It will take motivation. We all will have our own individual unique struggles, BKs, AKs, and upper extremities, all different, but we all can still do it. If it was a trauma, there might be other things that you're recovering from, but you will recover. It may make that process a little harder for you. Don't get discouraged. Remember, the human body does not do well with inactivity. Lying in bed will only feel good for so long. And then you're going to need to get back up and get to business. This will become more important as the pain diminishes and our visitors move on with their lives. We don't want to be left behind laying in the bed wondering where everyone went and why no one is coming around. I think what they're saying to us is it's time for you to join us. It's time for you to get up and get moving. There will be what seems like a mountain of information to take in as we survive this amputation, deal with the surgery, care for the wound and heal and move back to being a productive person in our life. In the beginning, Having and finding support is probably one of the most 
important things you will need to do. Finding that support from another amputee or amputees is one of the best connections that can be made for recovery. That is why I do what I do with my company. I am a peer visitor. I am a patient advocate manager. And at some point in time, if you're here in this show, again, like I said, we will meet and you will see me and I will help you in this journey. I hope this show and episode has made sense for you laying there in bed, listening to my voice, hearing the things that I have said to you. I hope that it will help with some of the questions you might have on this new journey that you're on. I look forward to meeting you very soon. I want to thank all of you listeners out there for listening to another episode of Amp Life Talk Radio. I appreciate you all so much. I am so thankful to have a show where I get to talk with all of you every day. I apologize. I couldn't really say hi to everyone. But hey, all of you out there, Michael, Glenda, uh, man, let me just go through the list here. Uh, I think I saw Charles come on board, uh, Susan. I saw Brian. Brian, hey, I hope you like the uh, uh, Amp One Studio stuff. I'm getting cards made, brother. As soon as I get those cups made, you're getting one. Michael, everyone, thank you so much for being listeners. Daniel, everyone, I'm so blessed to have so many of you listen to the show. And for you, the new amputee laying there in bed, thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate you all so much. Please, guys, do me a favor. Go over to Facebook, leave me a comment, leave me criticism, whatever it may be. I'm only here to try and make this show a better experience for all of you. AmpLifeTalkRadio.com, a lot of resources there, a lot of cool things that are coming up. Yes, you know I'm with Hanger, Amp Power Program, I'm a part of that. There are some cool things coming up, really, really cool things coming up. More Spartan races coming up. I will make sure I post pictures and all the news from there. My team, uh... Dave, Casey, Pat, the pair of Spartans. We look forward to meeting all of you if you ever come out to a uh, Spartan event. Sit down, talk with us, say hi. Uh, check us out on Instagram. I have a page over there, and I'm on Twitter. Again, this is Amp Life Talk Radio. I cannot thank all of you enough for tuning in, listening to another show, and making this show everything that it really is because of who listens to the show. I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful. I, I'm just beside myself with you guys. You guys put a smile on my face. You put a smile in my heart. Thank you, guys. Uh, be awesome, man. I'm going to be uh, in Vegas for a week next week with my company at the Ed Fair, uh, getting some training, learning how to be a better, uh, awesome uh, patient advocate, and we'll be getting uh, hopefully on board with all the Ant Power stuff. When I return next Monday, um, I will definitely let you guys know how that goes. I may even do a broadcast from uh, Vegas at the show on Wednesday night. So stay tuned because you might see me there and we might have some special guests. Again, thank you all. Um, I'm blessed. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And thanks for listening to Amp Life Talk Radio. You are listening to Sean Harrison on Amp Life Talk Radio, a place for amputees and those dealing with limb loss. 
The views expressed on the show by the host, co-hosts, and guests are their own. Always seek medical advice from a licensed medical professional. Get to Old Navy, Saturday and Sunday only. All Old Navy Actives on sale for 50% off. Get all your family's favorite mesh tees, go-dry shorts, and active styles for 50% off Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 622 to 623 excludes in-store clearance. The Great Gap Sale is here. Get up to 75% off in stores and online from June 21st through July 9th. Plus, don't miss great offers on logo styles from $7.99. In stores only from June 21st through the 23rd. Exclusions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.